Hi, my name is Thomas Johnson, and I'm the founder and CEO of Get Up and Get Fit Wellness Coaching Concierge. I'm also a C-suite advisor and investor, and you're listening to the How May I Serve You podcast, where I'm constantly on the quest to surround myself with the best coaches while learning how to better serve our executive clientele by asking them, how may I serve you? Today's show is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Get Up and Get Fit will be providing students with textbooks and school supplies in Cambodia in honor of our guests today, as well as our philanthropic mission to impact at least 50,000 people per year. Today's guest is Greg Meyer. Am I pronouncing your last name right? Make sure I'll make uh, sure. It's Moyer. Moyer. Okay, Greg Moyer. So Greg is an innovator, right? An inventor, entrepreneur, and now author slash coach of the Inventive Thinking Framework with several industry innovations that have generated more than five point, it's five billion? Whoa, 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 whoa. Five sorry. and a half billion, let me, yeah. Let me, let me go back, let me go back, back. Five and a half billion dollars for well-known companies like HP, Microsoft, Dell, and Simmons. His research has revealed common patterns and sequence to the thinking and doing habits of history's greatest innovators and that anyone can learn from them. Wow. Wow. That's so, right. Billions. So I, I, yes. I had to stop for a second and, and go back. Because when I, when I saw, normally I see millions, but billion. That's right. I have billion dollars of well-known companies. That's amazing right there. So Greg, I want you to tell us who you are, right? Um, the two-minute version, who you are, how you got started. Talk to me. Um. I I grew up as an only child mm. with a vivid imagination. Okay. But for most of my life, I didn't really know what to do with it. And <clears throat> like a lot of people, uh, you know, struggling to find their way in their early years, I did a lot of different things. But as it turns out, um, that really paid well for me later on down the road. I eventually, uh, after some formal education, a little bit of formal education, and and um, challenging a lot of assumptions in my own life and just in the world in general, uh, landed in a really robust business environment of Silicon Valley. Mm. And when I did, I was... I was really kind of referred to as the creative genius in the room. However, I learned really quickly that creativity is not enough. Um, creativity in and of itself isn't actionable. Now, we hear all the time from the World Economic Forum and all these different uh, analyst organizations that uh, creativity is the most sought after soft skill today. Um, because things are changing so fast, people have to be able to adapt and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but after getting uh, stuck, I started asking the question, what did all these other innovators that preceded us do? They obviously probably got stuck. And <clears throat> what I discovered was 29 common attributes that... And, and I call them thinking and doing habits. Okay. That all these innovators throughout history, Da Vinci, Edison, uh, Mozart, you know, Beethoven, 
uh, industry giants um, that <clears throat> can be attributable to them. And out of those um, became apparent a, 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 a framework of how they approached thinking, how they approached life in general. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was really a revelation for me at the time because what I learned by studying their lives is, and what they were able to accomplish is that it wasn't just about being creative, but more about being inventive. And sometimes we call it creativity with function. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want to change the world, you really have to move the needle. And to do that, you get to, you have to go beyond just having an idea. And, and so what the inventive thinking framework does, for example, that I ended up kind of practicing in my own career in life, um, is really about not just having an idea, but elevating that to a good idea, but even more importantly, transforming it, transforming a thought to a thing so that others can adopt it and, and, um, and implement it and actually make a change in the world. Um, I really kept that as, as kind of a, uh, trade secret, so to speak okay. for probably 30 years. And now I'm at a point where, uh, instead of being a doer, which I've been my entire life, uh, I want to help as many people as I can become insanely inventive and change the world. Yeah, I mean, your trade secret has generated over five and a half billion dollars <laughs> from, yeah. from well-known companies, you know. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a proven concept, you know, it's, it's working. It's, it's That's right. And, you know, as a, so <clears throat> as a coach and, you know, putting together these training uh, elements, um, one of the things I think that differentiates me from a lot of coaches is I've spent mo more of my life actually using what I'm teaching. And, and so, I mean, it's not just what you know, Da Vinci and Edison and, and Elon Musk use in the way of discovery skills. But I personally applied this framework uh, to just about everything I do. I mean, I, you know, it, it's very habitual for me, but I used to solve personal problems as well as business problems. So it's, it's you know, it's not just for uh, business and inventing. And even though that's how it's probably mostly been used. But, uh, you know, if you have a personal situation that you need to work yourself out of uh, or that you need to solve for, or, a, a, you know, even a family situation, the same framework um, um, is applicable. It's basically a pattern and sequence of, of uh, these thinking and doing habits. Today's episode is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Being an executive can be very demanding. Your schedule is unpredictable. You have conflicting responsibilities that pull you in multiple directions at once. You travel too much, work late hours, and cross time zones, all things that wreak havoc on your body. This is why having a wellness support team is necessary. 
Get Up and Get Fit is the wellness concierge support that busy executives, entrepreneurs, and celebs rely on to keep them healthy and fit despite their hectic schedules. A body under prolonged stress is not a healthy body. Time to reduce your stress. Increase your energy, flexibility, strength, and endurance so you can enjoy life instead of just living it. Go to getupandgetfit.com. That's G-E-T-U-P-N-G-E-T-F-I-T.com and schedule your consultation right now. Get up and get fit. It's a lifestyle. Okay. Yeah. So, so Greg, um, I want to dive further back in your childhood um, because I believe everything starts off from nurture and nature, right? Your, your environment, mm -hmm. right? Your surroundings. Um, did you always have this kind of thought process to seek out knowledge and to be innovative and inventive since you were a child? Um, talk to me about your childhood, right? Like where you were raised, your surrounding, your influences. Talk to me about that. Well, I was, I was, uh, I was raised in a, uh, it started in a small town okay. uh, in, uh, in Southern Oregon. And then my parents moved to the Portland, Oregon area. So bigger, you know, suburbia, <laughs> um, bigger city environment, but we lived in the suburbs. Um, I think, I think one of the things that probably had a lot of influence during my childhood was the fact that I was an only child. Okay. And so I was with my own thoughts a lot. And a lot of my interactions and a lot of my networking were with adults. Mm, okay. Not necessarily with, you know, because I didn't have brothers and sisters that I was constantly playing with, right? I had friends and I had cousins. Um, so it wasn't like I didn't have, you know, relationships with other people my own age. I did. But as an only child, you're hanging out with adults more often than maybe if you had lots of, you know, brothers and sisters. And, but I also was very curious. I wanted to know everything about everything. I, you know, I would take clocks apart just to see what the heck all the parts were, right? Okay. Of course, good? my mom would get upset. You know, you better put that back together. Well, that never happened, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I took them apart anyway. And uh, uh, so I had this, I, I, I was constantly curious about how things worked. And, and, I, and also, I think, um, and with kids my own age, did a lot of role playing. Okay. Um, and so I think, I think, you know, I had, uh, I, I had opportunities to just engage with my imagination a lot. Um, I agree with you. I think environment is, is a big part of what kind of forms us as we, you know, as we, um, uh, mature and grow, um, and I think there's other factors as well. One of the things that I learned is that uh, things like curiosity and and um, are things that you can actually learn. I, I think there are people maybe that maybe are a little more inherently curious than others mm -hmm. uh, as they're growing up. But but that generally what what I've learned is that once a person kind of finds what they're passionate about, then they become naturally curious about it. Mm. And of course that kicks off one of the main skills that uh, 
was revealed in this framework that you mentioned, um, the inventive thinking framework, um, and that is, um, you know, questioning. Um, and one of the main discovery skills is questioning. That comes from being curious, right? Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. So, so, yeah, go, go ahead, go ahead. I, I want to make sure you finish your thought because you're definitely hitting some um, some great points here. Well, what I was just going to relate that to, um, uh, uh, you know, these thinking and doing habits. Uh, for example, in an interview um, about uh, Stephen Jobs after he passed away, uh, uh, all of a sudden the name escapes me. Um, Apple's lead designer. Uh, uh, Not a Johnny Ive. Johnny Ive. Yeah. So Johnny Ive was being interviewed, and the question was, well. Why was Steve so, you know, why was Steve so innovative, right? Mm -hmm. And now Johnny probably spent more time with Steve than his wife did. I mean, they were joined at the hip, right? Yeah. And and he said, well, number one, he he was always asking questions. One of the things we've discovered, even amongst modern day innovators, is that one of the five main discovery skills that they all have in common is that they all score... Um, uh, in the 70 or 80th percentile or higher in these discovery skills and questioning is one of them, for example. And so those are some of the, these discovery skills are things that I, I think I started doing as a young person. And, um, and, and like Leonardo da Vinci, who was one of my idols, I was a bit of an autodidact with me, which means I just wanted to learn. I was a self learner. I just wanted yeah. to learn everything about everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's that, that's amazing right there. So um, I know motor neurons are built right through learning, right? When when you when you're learning, you're building more, more neurons. Um, and it makes sense. You, the more questions you ask, the more you learn, <laughs> right? Because you're curious. You're you're receiving more intel, more information. So your brain's going to be more stimulated. It, it makes sense, right? Opposed that's to that's right opposed to being in a state where you're constantly being bombarded by by i guess entertainment or being stagnant because you have to move you have, you have to move right yeah it's, it's constant constant movement it's, it's constant action so nurtured and natured your exposure the next question i really want to ask you is what got you interested in studying innovators right um these folks with curious mindset did you start in your early 20s in your 30s when you were younger um what time frame sparked this what around what time what, what time period well it was about 1994 uh 94 95 it was about 1995 i had uh started a new uh, uh business in silicon valley Okay. And I, I, uh, actually, this is exactly where it started. So <clears throat> I was working on a creative brief for a client. Okay. I got, and, and my, my company was a, a, a creative agency and we, um, we were growing like crazy. We, so we had lots of new clients, lots of projects, all at different scopes and whatnot. And, um, I got stuck. 
<laughs> and, you know, here I am considered the creative genius in the room. And I, you know, uh, I just, I didn't have it. Right. And I started, I actually started, I, I got a lot of anxiety over it. I, and it was about, it was approaching midnight on the night before I was supposed to pitch this creative brief to a client. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I got up, I walked around, I tried to do lots of different things. I finally remembered this technique that was taught to me by a mentor about 10 years prior. It was a visualization technique that uh, for activating your imagination. And yeah. Uh, it was actually invented by the Jesuit monks back in during the Renaissance, and, really? and it was used throughout the Renaissance by a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I sat myself down. I, you know, I, I, I did this technique. I'd done it before, but it had been a long time. And and it, it, it really did kind of uh, begin to uh, uh, accelerate what I needed to do for this creative brief. The bottom line is I got the brief done. I pitched it the next morning, but I was so disturbed by this event of getting stuck. I came back to my office. I cleared my whiteboards and I said, what do other people do when they get mm. stuck? Okay. It's going to happen again. Right. And um, so I started reading uh, uh, biographies and interviews and workings and writings of Leonardo da Vinci, of Thomas Edison, of Walt Disney, of Andy Warhol, uh, you name it. Steve Jobs actually was still alive at that time. Our office was about two blocks from Apple Computer. We were okay. just down the street. And though I didn't have a relationship with him, I used to see him on the campus lot so I had other friends that I would visit there. And so I started even calling my own colleagues and competitors, you know, around Silicon Valley. What do you do, right, when mm -hmm. you get stuck? But out of this question came more questions. And I started keeping track of, you know, all these different attributes and thinking and doing habits that I ran across. And it, it, it created this mess on my whiteboard. And so I finally had to consolidate that into a spreadsheet. And mm. that's when I recognize all these common traits. There you go. And, and I went, bingo. So what's the shortest path to success? Um, do what other people do that that's have been exactly. successful, right? <laughs> so, so I started, I, I started categorizing these attributes and I, uh, and I, I started doing some Research now. Keep in mind that back in the in the mid to late '90s, we didn't know as much about the neuroscience of creativity and how, mm -hmm. you know things like that as we do now. We still don't know it all, not by a long shot, but we know a lot more now than we did then. And uh, so I, I I became a student of the neuroscience of you know how we how our brains process information. I was already a pioneer at that time of applying the tenets of brain science to designing customer experiences mm. um, and marketing programs. And uh, so I thought, well, if there's, it, you know, if our brains are wired a certain way to consume information, our brains must be wired a certain way to be creative and, and to make things happen and, you know, to social those creations. And, Sure enough, over the next probably 
two to three years, um, uh, all of these attributes started revealing themselves to me through, you know, all the, uh, uh, through my research. And uh, that's how I ended up putting together the framework. But that, that's how it all happened. So I was in my mid 30s mm-hmm. um, and I've been using it ever since. That's a great story right there. You know, when we're faced with adversity, we're forced to we're forced to overcome by taking massive action, right? You exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's that's a, that's like a, a hero's journey story right there. You know, you were your back was against the wall. You took massive action, then you became a but what I really admire about you, even after your your presentation, right? You went back to the drawing board. You were so curious. You went back to, to the drawing board. And your goal was to find out how to prevent what occurred to you from, from happening again. You That's know? right. So I know after going through all those discoveries and doing all those, those research, um, I'm going to I'm going to assume, but yet again, I'm also going to ask this question. Is this what sparked your your reason to become a coach, to to provide this information to others? Is that why I became a coach? Um, eventually, yes. At first, no. Okay. I, yeah, <laughs> so basically, you know, I, I so I spent the next 30 years uh, uh, applying this framework to my work with clients and my own uh, startups. I've, you know, I've, uh, uh, founded or co-founded three funded startups and also uh, 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 being on a, a team of an early stage company that did an IPO. And um, like I said, I, I kind of kept this as a trade secret yeah. uh, for all this time. And then I was approached out of the blue by um, a, an old friend of mine who had become a publisher. And he says, you ever thought about writing a book? And I said, well, you know, I thought about it, but you know, I don't know exactly what it would be. And so we explored this concept of writing a book about the inventive thinking framework. And um, uh, after six months of trying to learn how to write a book and, you know, I got bored. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, uh, and through a course of conversations with uh, many other people, I decided to pivot that into training and coaching because I wanted, look, people read business books two days later, they don't remember half of what they read. And you know what it's to me, it's probably almost worthless. And so I just, I just thought, how could I, how could I have a positive effect on more people faster? Right. And that was, and that was to personally, teach uh these thinking and doing habits and um so the training kind of spun into coaching and and uh, because i really do i I really i really want to help people not just be insanely inventive but to change the world Mm. there you go i like that i like that so that's what drives you essentially yep awesome so Greg, um, I want you to, I mean, I know you have been extremely successful with what you do, right? But I want you to, to, out of all 
your success stories, right? I want you to pick one success story. Give me a two-minute success story of how one of your 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 clients utilize your coaching, right? Your methods to get towards success, to become successful. Um, as a as a coach or as a coach. As a coach. As a coach. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would say the one that I'm probably most proud of is uh, uh, a coaching client that I have who we, we, uh, we basically uh, put together a kind of a fast track um, program for them. So it's intensive two days, uh, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I teach them what a lot of people would look at videos and learn in 12 weeks. I, I really kind of do that in over a couple of day period. It, it's very immersive. And then, then we do uh, have like a follow on where they get, you know, pretty much as many uh, 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 follow on coaching sessions as they want or need. Um, um, there's a couple of stipul- stipulations, but the outcome was this. Um, this person came into it thinking that uh, they were doing this to really elevate their uh, professional status as being an inventive thinker. Okay. Um, but the real value for them came when they realized that they had a, a, an extreme family situation. Mm and applied the same you know thinking and doing framework to um resolving uh this extreme family situation and i get emotional about it <laughs> you're right man let it out let it out you be authentic right because who we are as people is not what we do for a business Mm. and so i'm i'm just very gratified that this person uh learned these skills um and was able to apply them in you know, part of their life that really made a difference uh, for them and their family. So yeah. So they, they, this this is this is why we do what we do as coaches, right? Mm-hmm. When you say to change lives, you you mean it, right? I'm a wellness coach because I I love changing lives. I love seeing the outcome. This. What just happened right now, Greg? It wasn't scripted, man. It's this is no. authentic. <laughs> this is authentic, man. Through your framework, through your influence and impact, you help another individual to overcome. Yeah. You help their family, right? Mm-hmm. And you're it's, it's 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 nothing better than that, man, to to help another another individual. 
you know, it, it fulfills your soul. <laughs> it fulfills. It does. <laughs> it absolutely does. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yes, indeed, man. Oh man, this is this is great. So, Greg, are you currently working on any new projects right now that you would like to share with us? Um, I, I know you mentioned. Um, I'm not. Sure, did you write? Did you also write a book, or are you going to hold off on that? I'm going to hold off on the book. Um, I have. I, I would like to write a book. Um, but I don't want it to be, quote, about the framework. Um, yeah. What I want the book to be about are uh, anecdotes and, and stories about how people have used the framework. Mm, I like that. Um, and I, I just personally think that would be more interesting and help people as they kind of try to, you know, figure out how to apply it. Um, but what I'm, what I'm working on right now is actually... Uh, transforming the training that I've done into a video series uh, that will, so video series in and of themselves uh, are one thing, but what, um, what the plan is and what we want to do, I have a small team, mm -hmm. is uh, we want people to be able to, um, at their own, you know, discretion, go through the videos, but they'll also be able to participate in live sessions where we will have a live Q and A as well as uh, hot seat sessions, put people on the hot seat yeah. so that people can really learn and, and develop some of these discovery skills as a habit. Uh, so that's what we're working on right now. And uh, I'm going to be taking on more coaching clients um, probably have room for another eight to 10 uh, over the next two months, okay. uh, you know, signing up eight to 10 over the next two months. But the video series is, um, is really what we're focused on right now. So, yeah. And um, I also noticed that you're big into the whole immersive learning, right? Cause you mentioned the video yes. series and the hot seat, right. And like in the Q and a, so what are, what are your thoughts on immersive learning, helping to, um, push people towards learning faster because I'm a visual, I'm, I'm, I'm an auditory slash visual learner. Right. Um, and I believe in repetition, 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 repetition. I'll listen to the same thing over and over and I will surround myself with that information. Um, and I'm able to feed it, feed it through my, in my sub, sub, subconscious and really embody it as a habit opposed to just glancing over there once or twice and forget about it. So tell me about, I know, I'm getting excited by this because this, this is like my style of learning right here, uh, immersion. So do you mind just like sharing with us a little bit more before? Sure. We... <laughs> yeah, I would love to actually, because there's, there's two, there's two concepts that uh, we'll be um, uh, utilizing in the future um, that really, I think, elevate retention in mm -hmm. learning. And uh, uh, one is, so when I say, when we use the term immersive, there's, there's really uh, uh, a couple of factors to being immersive. Um, one is the actual media delivery. So uh, eventually um, the content will be delivered as an augmented reality or virtual reality experience. Okay. Um, because the more immersive that you can make an information consuming experience, the more you will retain even at that first time. 
Mm. Uh, it's 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 off the charts. My uh, I, I was a co-founder of Flow Immersive. It's uh, Flow.gl, and uh, we developed um, technology and um, software, the first software for developing uh, virtual reality presentations. Whoa. Um, okay. And so as a result, I, you know, I had to do a lot of research, right, on, on uh, immersive experiences and learning and versus, you know, total immersion versus flat screen and, and all of that. Understood. Um, the second part to um, uh, immersion is repetition, what you just mentioned, right? And so I don't know if you're familiar with what's called spatial repetition. I am. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, day one, day three, day seven, you know, some call it day six, it could be day seven, then 30 days and 90 days or whatever. So we want to build that into, uh, you know, kind of a, almost like a reminder system, but also with follow on sessions into our videos that we do. So to encourage people um, you know, watching a video two or three times in a row mm, is really not as effective as, uh, you know, experiencing a knowledge situation uh, and then waiting about two or three days and then experience it again and then waiting about a week and then experiencing it again. You've got to give your time, brain, your brain time enough to Take really cultivate and, <laughs> and, you know, machinate and and uh you know develop the 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 learnings so that's um you know it's going to start with with the videos and uh one of the other uh actually one of the other i guess features or design features for elevating the the learning experience is um instead of doing like one and two hour videos that so many people you know online trainers do we're going to be breaking things up into really small chunks mm, there we go there we go so, yeah. man great listen you are onto something right now man and, and no wonder why you are the innovative guy right <laughs> <laughs> you well. are the pioneer <laughs> awesome so greg if someone were to inquire about your services or just want to connect with you because you such an amazing person. You have an amazing story and you're doing a lot of great things right now. Where can they go to find you? Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn, Greg Moyer. Okay. Uh, feel free to uh, direct message me or, uh, you know, uh, send me a request. Um, I do have a website uh, that I just launched, gregmoyer.com. Um, there is a, an element of the website where you can uh, send me your email address and, and I'll keep you informed. And, and uh, I actually don't mind giving my own personal email uh, okay. address. Uh, people can contact me directly and I will respond. But that's greg at inventiveguild.com. Uh, the, uh, the name of the company is Inventive Guild. And uh, we also just launched uh, an early stage version of a website for Inventive Guild, uh, which is inventiveguild.com. So those would be the three best ways to try to contact with me, LinkedIn, through the website, and my email. Awesome. That's amazing right there. So, Greg, my last question for you today is, 
Hal, may I serve you? Oh, wow. Um, First of all, I want to thank you for allowing me to share some of my stories and, and uh, spend this time with you. Um, this doing something like, first of all, I, I love what you're doing because uh, I, I think it's really important to get below the surface um, uh, of what you know coaches are doing out there and how they can help people. Uh, and I, I, I really believe that, you know, we are a lot more than just what we do for work and for a living. And so I really do, uh, you know, appreciate that. And, um, uh, you know, maybe we can get together offline and I can share with you a little more and get your feedback and reflection on what we're doing. Because um, I, I, I'm always... I'm always interested, you know, to be able to improve and and meet uh, the needs of people, um, which is what this is all about, uh, and hearing what others have to say about how we can do that better. Yes, indeed. And Greg, I'm always eager to learn new things and, and to have new experiences. Great. So I'm your guy. Whatever you need me. Okay. Fabulous. <laughs> we'll make it I'll happen. take you up on it. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. All and right. again, this is your host, Thomas Johnson. If you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to share it with someone else that will benefit and make sure to tune in for next week's episode. Take care, be blessed and cheers. We out. Hey.